Hello everyone and welcome to Disaster Peace Publishing House. I'm Dev Solovey. And I am Cy Metz. And this is a podcast about the good, bad, mostly bad, of weird internet literature. Dramatic, dramatic readings, readings included. included. I thought it'd be fun if we said that part in unison. I like that. Yeah. I, I like that idea. Making so, that canon now. <laughs> cool. So this is part three of Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. I think it's going to be a four-parter. I think that's what we're going to have to do, which is... This is worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, you know what? I was hoping, uh, in all hopes, that it would come to this, so. <laughs> Good. So before we dig in, um, it's been a week since our last read. Do you have any thoughts, any predictions going into this, anything along those lines? Well, if I recall, uh, it's been a week since we've recorded. Yeah. And what I remember is that Malfoy's Mormon. Uh, I remember that the Weasleys are all Catholics, and that's all we really need to know, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the, the author is thirsty for Mr. Snape. Oh my god, that's right! Dilf yeah. Cowboy Snape! Snape, how did I, how did I let that in? Yeah. my brain. <laughs> yep, uh, we're gonna be dealing with that too. We're gonna be dealing with some central conflict about atheists pushing an anti-Christian agenda in Congress... All sorts of stuff. That's, to, oh, yeah. that's right. They're doing that weird thing where uh, Voldemort is very invested in American pol- like contemporary American politics. Yeah, <laughs> and the 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 Hitler wizard who has all powerful magic to kill people is just infiltrating Congress. I guess. Yep. Love uh. it. All right, let's get to it. All right. So we are on chapter nine, which is called "A Letter at Dinner." Author's note. Hello, friends. I apologize for how long it took to get this chapter out, but I have good news. Starting tonight, I will be taking a beginning writer's course at a local community college. Through all the hate from evolutionists, feminists, and Romanists... (laughs) (laughs) I assume that's Catholics. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. There has <laughs> been some legitimate criticism of my writing. To stop laughing! At me. <laughs> There's been some legitimate criticism of my writing skills. My mother did her best, and she certainly did teach me a lot. But grammar was not her area of expertise. It's taken some convincing. The hubby wasn't sure I'd have time to get everything done if I start taking this class. But I've written up a schedule, and I think we can make it work. Smiley face. So, on to to the chapter. One week into the school year, Harry was slowly, gradually starting to get used to the everyday routines at Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. There was breakfast in the Great Hall every morning, and then there was a prayer session led by the Reverend, the Slytherins went off to have their own, quote, prayer sessions in their (laughs) own way, and the Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws prayed with the Gryffindors, but the Hufflepuffs complained about the Reverend quoting the Bible, and the Ravenclaws complained that the Reverend didn't seem to really hate sinners, he just hated sin. (laughs) After the prayer session, the little ones all went to their classes. There were regular math and English classes, of course, although they were of a higher caliber than one would find in a public school. And then there were Bible studies and Christian history. After that was lunch in the Great Hall. After lunch were more classes about American history and constitutional law and missionary training. 
after these classes was dinner in the Great Hall, after which the students had free time. Jesus well, Christ. Well, I'm glad that when she took her writing courses, she took everyone's first piece of advice to heart. And that piece of advice is always tell, don't show, just <laughs> imply that there are cool things happening and leave it to the audience to fill in the blanks because yeah. they're smarter than you. I think it's interesting because she implied in the author's note that she was homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Um, and here she is talking about the kind of curriculum that she thinks is most ideal for any kind of school like she really shows exactly the kind of agenda that she wants being taught which is a very christian nationalist yeah (laughs) especially when you include like these weird aside first uh, both like writing too much about the way they go down by having these weird little asides about like the kind of things that people argue about but also not building a scene around it yeah like this would have been a great opportunity for her to like actually show like because it feels like she's she's building up to a, I guess we can't all be friends, so one of us has to be right type deal. This would be a great time to have like a, a, a God's Not Dead mic drop moment where Harry just schools everybody like he yeah. has been consistently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... I, missed you know, opportunity is all I'm saying. Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of missed opportunities in this fic in general, and I think it's because she kind of rushes through some things, mm-hmm. but also... I don't think it needs to be any longer than it is. <laughs> I'm just saying. She, she could have yeah, uh, no. flexed her muscles a little bit and been like, I got a th- thesaurus now! Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> have yeah. some pretty words thrown in there. Absolutely. It was just such a dinner that Harry was eating now. He was sitting with his new friends, Hermione, Ronald, and Dean Thomas. This food certainly is delicious, Harry observed gratefully, and he was savoring a bite of perfectly roasted chicken. It really is, Dean Thomas concurred intelligently. He was dressed quite respectably today, and he was wearing a button-up shirt and clean blue jeans, and his hair was neatly combed. Hermione nodded in agreement, and the yellow bow she had tied her hair back with bounced up and down. Ronald grinned widely, but remained silent as he shoved another handful of deep-fried Brussels sprouts <laughs> into his little mouth. That's right, Ron's fucking yeah, I know, because he eats everything with his hands. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ronald ate breakfast and lunch with his family, but he was eating more and more dinners with these Gryffindor friends of his. It never ceased to amaze him just how nice they were to him, even though he wore a different hat. A little unconventional friendship can really go a long way in a person's heart. This is, like, the way she treats the Catholics does get kind of genuinely disgusting to me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's it's really... Another thing... I'm, I'm so sorry. Maybe I should be saving this for discussion towards the end, but... She gets hung up on, like, the wearing different hats thing. It really feels like she heard the expression, I'm a man of different hats or some shit. Like, just thought it meant something else and is now using it, like, shorthand. More than, like, a literal... I mean, it it was homeschool. She was homeschooled, yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Would, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if she just, like, heard something that her dad was saying wrong because he's... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. There, no, there are just... lots of idioms I had growing up uh, from... Yeah. It, it, and sometimes you take them literally. Like yeah. yeah. It was then that a bunch of beautiful people with wings wearing white, uh, glowing white robes swooped in through the Great Hall's huge windows. Yellow halos covered, hovered over their heads, and they wore brown leather satchels around their shoulders. They gracefully reached into their satchels and gloriously flung envelopes down to the students below. The males here, Dean Thomas observed accurately, and he shielded his eyes with his hand as he gazed up in wonder. 
Harry propped up his uh, propped his chin up on his hand and dreamily watched these magnificent postmen distribute their wares. He did so love to look at angels. He was surprised when a letter fluttered down to him and it landed lightly on the table in front of him. He had never gotten a letter before. He smiled innocently at the angel who had delivered it, and the angel waved back. So, subtext here, I think that the author just might think owls are evil. Yeah, <laughs> that was, this part really threw me for a loop, because I was like, whoa, hey, angels? Like, because angels usually only ever show up for, like, really important shit. <laughs> Like in the Bible, anyway. So I was like, "Hey, Dumbledore, you got another fucking credit card?" (laughs) I know. Hey, Snape, you you gotta go down to the five and dime. There's a three for four on avocados. Like, and I understand. Why don't you just throw this in the trash? All right, I'm just fucking one of God's messengers. I know. That's the thing. Like, (laughs) God's messengers, you know, resigned to junk mail duty. I know. Like, they're supposed to deliver a message about immaculate conception. Instead, here they are delivering like fucking grocery coupons and you know capital one applications but they have x-ray vision so they're just like looking disapprovingly at all the sex toys the staff are ordering on amazon they're like i'm not gonna intervene because free will and everything but man yeah. this is <laughs> i just on. imagine them like showing it to their friends like dude this guy got a dildo with seven settings Yo! <laughs> you got the 3.0 model one i have only has six would you look at that dean thomas uttered fluently You got a letter, Harry. With excited hands, Harry broke the seal and took out the parchment that was inside the envelope. He laid it out on the table and saw the familiar slanting tidy handwriting. Dear Harry, how are you enjoying your first week at Hogwarts? I hope you are enjoying it a lot. How about you come over for tea this evening after dinner? You can tell me all about it. Hagrid. Harry smiled as he folded the letter and put it back in the envelope. Good old Hagrid. What does it say, Harry? Hermione questioned shyly, and she played with one of her smooth, lovely curls. Hagrid wants me to come over for tea, Harry reported excitedly. Would you all like to join me? I'd love to, Hermione replied sweetly. That sounds like fun, Dean Thomas responded eloquently. Could I come? Ronald asked tentatively after he had swallowed his Brussels sprouts. Harry, Hermione, and Dean Thomas exchanged a knowing look, and then Harry answered kindly, Of course you can. (laughs) He might as well have just said, Bless your soul. I know. (laughs) Ronald smiled gratefully before going back to his Brussels sprouts. When dinner finished, Harry got to his feet, and then he declared boldly, Let's go! Author's note, blessings. Author's note, blessings. Wild to me that they're treating their friend Ron like a diversity hire. <laughs> like, that's they're, essentially what he they're, is. They're treating him like special, ed ep- uh, special episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles used to treat the slow kid. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, wow. oh, we've got this little... Look at this backwards copper-headed catholic in his fucking grubby hands doesn't know what a fork is it's like it's like they've got one black friend and they're like anxious to be around him you know like look all i'm saying is uh i think in retrospect this is closer to jk rowling's vision yeah that sounds about right chapter 10 dangerous days are here author's note hello friends Sorry this chapter took so long to post, but the instructor of my new writing class was kind enough to proofread it. I didn't take all of his suggestions, but I liked most of them, and I hope the wait was worth it. Oh, another thing. A few good-intentioned but misguided readers have expressed concern about my asking my husband's permission to take a class. Friends, it is not long ago that I would have thought the same thing. Culture told me that wifely submission was demeaning, and I believed it. All I will say is this. Read Created to Be His Helpmeet by Debbie Pearl. 
life and marriage changer. Created oh. to be his helpmeet by Debbie Pearl. Oh boy. I'm going to actually write that down. Hey everyone, this is Dev jumping in here after the fact. So I looked up Created to be his helpmeet by Debbie Pearl after the fact, thinking it might be some absurd far-right book that I could summarize the argument for to provide context, but I've read some passages from it and it really is genuinely too atrocious to repeat. The bottom line is that the advice this author, Debbie Pearl, gives has literally gotten people killed. If anyone you know is considering following the advice in these books, please direct them to the nearest woman's shelter or call CPS. And for the love of God, do not read this book. Now back to the episode. Uh, I really wish there was a way to dis- describe the, the, the look on my face that I made as you were reading that horrific little segment. Yikes. Help me. Jesus Christ. Rice on a cracker. That's, That's fucking insane. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> you, you think that she thinks The Handmaiden's Tale, like, is just a, a cool, neat idea? Yeah, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Jumping, in, <laughs> jumping into chapter 10. Hagrid lived in a lovely little house on the edge of the Hogwarts campus. The little ones arrived right on time, and the delicious smell of tea and cookies was wafting outside. Smiling in anticipation, they knocked on the door. Hagrid opened the door and beamed down at them. Welcome, Harry. I'm so glad you could come. And you brought your friends. Indeed I did, Harry said, and gestured to the upstanding young fellow to his left. This is Dean Thomas, a Gryffindor hat. Pleased to meet you, Dean Thomas said intelligently. Oh, that's an uh, interesting theme I noticed. Whenever Dean Thomas talks, uh, the adverb she uses is always like intelligently, eloquently, yeah. smart, you know, wh- whatever. Yeah, um, smartily. Yeah. <laughs> Hagrid smiled at the little one, impressed. This is Hermione, another Gryffindor hat, Harry said, motioning towards the girl to his right. Hermione smiled shyly and waved. Charmed, Hagrid waved back. And this is Ronald, Harry said. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my friend. Here's my other friend. Ron. Yeah. (laughs) Ronald looked up sheepishly from where he stood behind the trio. He could sense that Hagrid was truly a man of the Lord in a way that no one in his family, or perhaps the entire Slytherin hat, was. To be in the presence of such piety was humbling for a little one such as this. Hagrid noticed the green and black hat, but he didn't comment. Instead, with true mercy and compassion, he opened the door wide to all of them. Glad to meet all of you. Please, come in. It really, it feels like they're gonna murder Ron. They keep shooting secret looks to each other like we know what to do. Yes, come Ronald. It is tea time. This is why I cannot date Christians. <laughs> this is why, because they all have the savior complex, because that's what Jesus is, right? Yeah. Like he died for your sins. And so they have this idea of like, well, if you're impure in some way or, you know, messed up in some way, then I can save you through the power of God. Like pretty much, you know, like they hear yeah. that I'm trans, that I'm autistic, that I'm disabled or whatever. And they're like, oh, you poor sweet child, let me save you. And it's like, yeah. that's not... You can't, like, you can't have that attitude when you meet someone who you, like, you shouldn't feel that people are lesser than you to begin with. Yeah. But, like, when you do have that attitude, you shouldn't go into it with, like, a, I'm going to save them and fix them. Like, that's, it's so wrong for so many reasons. Yeah, it, at, I can fix him is shorthand for making fun of somebody going in over their heads for a reason. Yeah. And that's something that people always make fun of people for, but never yeah. the adverse, where 
they actually get a chance to exert some control and try yeah. and like you know you meet a person i don't get that you meet a person and you're like i want to embed myself into their life more to change everything about them yeah. like why the fuck did you, why do you want to start hanging out to begin with if th- yeah. this is clearly such a breaking point Exactly. And that's like the hypocrisy of uh, a lot of Christianity, I think, is that they feel like they can save people by converting them. And it's just like I'm unlearning a lot of cultural Christianity, but I'm thankful that I still grew up mostly secular because I can kind of see past this stuff in a way that I think people who've been embedded in it really can't. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, that's my little aside on why guilt and savior complexes are bad for everyone involved yeah I, I, i'm i'm lucky enough that my mom went to catholic school as a kid uh-huh. in the uh the 70s and you can imagine the particular type of hell that was and it, she's like oh i know my dad went to catholic school in the 60s in chicago jesus like, christ yeah upstate like fucking west point area for my mom like, <laughs> oh yeah like these were nuns of the woods, you know. Uh, so she she's always like been like screw all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. To to the point where it it was clear that uh, her her ex husband's uh, mother was trying to force me into uh, like Christianity and a very particular type of Catholicism too, mm-hmm. and she. Was really pissed off about that and yeah. made it like a, I'm putting my foot down here. Uh-huh. They don't believe any of that shit. We're not yeah. doing this. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we we like we know we know Jesus stuff. We're not just like some stuck up atheist dicks who are like yeah. punching down. We're we're directly affected by the culture that this is reflecting. I yeah. think that's the only re- just for listeners' sake. Yeah. I, I think that's why we are having so many asides about this. Yeah, yeah. Just because, like, especially as people who are, like, queer and neurodivergent and kind of, you know, outside of the mainstream, we've been on sort of the back end of cultural Christianity and the kind of damage it can do to folks like us. So I think that's where we're coming from. It's not from a place of, like, hating Christians or anything. Like, I know the joke I made is that I can't date Christians, and that's probably true, but it's only true because of the sheer amount of satanic imagery in my home. It's not... (laughs) It's not because I hate Christians, so... (laughs) Another thing that's particularly upsetting to me, too, is is the othering of Ron is so... Not just blatant in this text, but fuck. I can just imagine a hundred other parables where a character is exactly like Ron, just acting completely whatever, just from someone who isn't already embedded in the dogmas perspective, just doing normal shit. Yeah. And the only thing that is actually heinous about their actions is through the framing of the particular dogma that this fiction is drawing from, right? Yeah. Like, the reason why it's so fucked up the way they're talking about Ron is because of how self-satisfying it is to the people who are actively being shitty to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They get to pat themselves on the back for just, like shitting on this guy yeah who is doing nothing wrong yeah no it's 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 disgusting and (laughs) i might have to take a break a couple of times just to be like woof yeah woof (laughs) uh now i'll make a dick joke uh hagrid's piety more like hagrid's pee hole (laughs) you could stuff a frankfurter in there he's a very large man (laughs) all right where where was i Uh, 
he was being a dick about Ron. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The four little ones filed in. The inside of Hagrid's house was tastefully decorated. The curtains were plaid, the walls were wood, and a bear rug covered the floor in the front of the fireplace. Mounted above the mantelpiece in a place of pride for all to see was a moose's head. The oaken table in the center of the kitchen was set for five, and the kettle on the stove was just starting to sing. This is a nice place you have, Harry commented. It really is, Dean Thomas said intelligently. Hagrid grinned with pride. Thank you. I live by John fifteen nineteen, of course, but I do try to keep it tidy. Harry, Dean Thomas, and Hermione nodded knowingly. In a few minutes, they were all seated at the table while Hagrid passed out his famously chocolate chip cookies. They munched on the delicious morsels as Hagrid poured the tea. How's school going? Hagrid asked. Quite well, Harry replied. Just then, the timer buzzed. More cookies, the little ones cried in delight as Hagrid got up to get them. While Hagrid was getting the cookies, Harry's eyes fell on a newspaper Hagrid had left open. A headline on the front page read, Voldemort spotted at Hogwarts? Like a goddamn cryptid? <laughs> Which, just, just imagining like a big that. Word, Bigfoot photo. I know, yeah. that's what I thought too. Like, just a, and the, the photographs in the newspapers move, so it's actually like Bigfoot. Yeah. Like Voldemort hunched over yeah, walking got, through the trees. They, got a, they caught him in 4K. <laughs> yeah. Would you look at that, Dean Thomas murmured observantly, picking up the paper and scanning it. As he read, he whispered the article's terrible words. Voldemort was spotted by several students yesterday at Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. This is the man who is trying to put a bill through Congress to stop Christians from practicing their beliefs. If passed, homeschooling will be illegal. Christians will be put in jail, maybe even killed, unless they say the Bible says what Voldemort wants it to say. Saying Merry Christmas or hanging out the Ten Commandments will put you in a re-education program. Wow. The fact that that is... That that is a list of things so unbelievably disconnected from one another, but so goddamn familiar uh-huh. of, like, the, that is the exact same slippery slope argument that every fucking cocksucker this side of the Mississippi yeah. mm. likes to make. So I, old hat, and it's never going away. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's funny, because I distinctly remember, like, you grew up with Republican parents, and my my stepdad, he's an interesting case, because he's very left-wing now, but he used to be very Republican, and I have a distinct memory of him talk, talking to me about the war on Christmas, as if it was a real thing, and I just, I, I hear this, and I was like, this, I, I've heard this before, this sounds so familiar. I do want to put out there, by the way, like, my stepdad is such an awesome person, he's totally fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's gone through an arc, you know? Yeah, it, he's gone through an arc um but like also just like he wrote a book and he's like he skateboards now and he's like really into music and like he's just a cool dude so i just want to put that one out there look he was a roadie for kiss for a while you're gonna have some republican shitheadery yeah (laughs) eventually rub off on you yeah you spend that long in the presence of gene simmons and (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you just no but but he's a nice guy and also like kind of it's not like it's my knee-jerk reaction to jump to the defense of yeah. of people with bigoted beliefs, but it it really just goes to show how how much of uh, what I think is the the outrage these days is manufactured. Just a lot of people acting like these are hills to die on, and then as time passes, you realize they aren't, and things get better when people yeah. just run out of the energy to be mad about stuff that doesn't affect them that much. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... It, outrage has become a way of life, I think, at this point, and once, is, you, once you yeah. can take a step back from it, it, it does just look kind of ridiculous. And, and I think 
think that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, I say this as someone, too, who's just had, like, Twitter brain rot for the past nine years. Like, I've seen, I've been through the arc of being outraged by everything and then coming around and realizing, like, oh, it's just engagement bait, pretty much. You know, like, that's all it is at this point. Just anytime you see an asinine take, that's really what it is. It's gonna be a real good couple of years to be Schrodinger's douchebag. (laughs) Alright, let's, let's jump yeah. back in. Uh, when Dean Thomas finished, Hermione burst into tears. Harry gave her hair an innocent, friendly pat. How could anyone be so angry at God? Hermione sobbed. I don't know, Harry declared tentatively. He's a horrible person. Yeah, um, God. Oh, that's that's how that <laughs> sentence reads. That is how that sentence reads, huh? God yeah. Is such a, yeah, God is such a horrible person. I hate bringing yeah. Love that guy. He's uh, awful. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we had just read the paragraph about re-education and yeah. Voldemort, whatever. Dean Thomas nodded sagely and muttered to himself in disgust. First, they try to change the Pledge of Allegiance. Now they don't want us to be Christians. Next, they'll be killing us all. It's a bad time to be a true Christian in America. Who's they? Hey. I know. Ron sat in guilty silence as he watched his new friends fearing for the future. He was beginning to wonder just what sort of hat it was that he had chosen. <sighs> this better have the line, a line where Harry, like, puts every hat on at once and then, like, gains angelic powers. And he's like, <laughs> I am a man of many hats! And then he, like, Avada Kedavra's yeah. uh, Voldemort and saves the I, United there, States. There is actually something remarkably similar to that uh, later. That's- Oh, I've got great instincts. <laughs> I know. It is really interesting to me because I'll ask you like for predictions or like you'll make your own and you're either wildly wrong or like eerily accurate and there's never any in between. Well, I, I think it's because there's only really two ways to do these things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so you might as well flip a coin. Exactly, yeah. All right, chapter 11, you- A Challenge. Author's note, hello friends, the writing class is going quite well, and I stayed after this time to talk uh, stayed after this time to talk to the teacher about my little story, which he has been so kind about helping me with. He has had lots of very helpful suggestions, and I truly think that I have been guided to this class by a purpose greater than my own. Smiley face. Another thing that I've gotten many messages about, the Slytherins. People are saying that somehow this means I hate Catholics. Yeah, there we go! <laughs> friends, I do not hate Catholics at all. All I want is for Catholics and everybody else to go to heaven and be happy with God. Do you want to know who truly hates Catholics? The so-called Catholic Church. Ironic, hmm? (laughs) But think about it. Why else would they lie to Catholics about salvation? And did you know their leader is a socialist? It seems like a certain someone doesn't know much about the Bible or the Constitution. And what about there only being one God and no others? So, if any Catholics are reading this, I am asking you this in love. Consider which is more important, your so-called religion or the truth, with a capital T. Hey, that is, like, actually how the clan feels about Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> so... No jokes? I'm, I'm making that statement, and let's move on. Woof. Woof! <laughs> Harry, Hermione, Dean Thomas, and Ronald all walked solemnly back to the main campus. They could hardly believe what they had just read. Voldemort? On their campus? What would they do if they ran into him? They quickly went to their dorms and got to sleep. The next morning, the four little ones sat together for breakfast. The spread today was truly delicious. Fluffy scrambled eggs, crispy bacon, home fries, grits, waffles, apples, orange juice, and iced tea. 
Truly, the blessings today were abundant. <laughs> I still can't believe Voldemort has been seen on our own campus, Harry whispered after swallowing a bite of bacon. Neither can I, Dean Thomas commented perceptively. After eating the fuck out of an orange or two. <laughs> I'm scared, Hermione murmured and through, fidgeted with her fork. <laughs> through grits and swallowing mounds of jewels. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining just this unbelievably decadent breakfast and they're just like talking through their teeth chewing blah, blah, blah. well that's one of her the way all my fat fuck family members do when they complain about the gays or whatever on thanksgiving <laughs> that's uh that's one of her her two weird things that she does right is uh she thirsts over snape and and chest hair and big hands and then she just makes these huge ass menus of stuff that they eat for breakfast or for dinner and it's all like a fucking kfc bucket meal these kids have to have diarrhea constantly <laughs> no one's ever like eaten a grain bar or like some oh didn't she go out she went off on a weird aside about like vegan bacon or something that's right didn't yeah, she? yeah 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 all uh, these kids haven't pooped in three days and they were proud that it was their right <laughs> What are the four of you gossiping about, a voice said. It was smug and came from behind them. Harry turned around and he saw Draco standing behind him. Draco's hands were folded and rested on his stomach. Behind him stood two other young men dressed the same as Draco. Tan pants, brown sweater vests, and white button-up shirts. <laughs> we were just discussing something we read in the newspaper, Harry said friendlily. Would you like to join us? Draco chortled pompously. <laughs> I think not. You may be comfortable dining with women outside of your family, but I am not. I know that I am better than women. Why would I want to talk to one? <laughs> Harry gritted his teeth. He had had enough of this. So-called feminists these days call everything sexist. A man respecting his woman and providing for her and giving her the children and home that she truly desires is called woman-hating. Such silliness can make Jesus us forget what real sexism looks like. Christ. The truth is, women are just as smart as men, and God made us as their equals, but equal does not mean the same. And when we treat men and women as being the same and tell women to go work all day and forget about her true calling as a wife and mother, then that is the real woman-hating. And then there are people like Draco who think that God messed up and made women worse than men, and neither is okay. So this, I love this hold, paragraph. Hold on. <laughs> this is when it gets really weird, because that was all like third-person omniscient author Yeah, but that's there, just right? it, because we had been talking, in, in the past uh, ten chapters, she had been very detached from her critics, and yeah. this is the first time she's biting at them. Like, this is, this is where she's finally kind of breaking. Well, uh, it's... Not, but this is the the point that I was trying to make earlier. I think still stands because yeah. when, when I was making a comment about that, I was more thinking about the way that like internet trolls tend to get very personal with their vendettas. Yeah. Whereas this has always been a proselytizing screed. Yeah. About like this was always her religious yeah, manifesto. But I think this is the first time she's getting petty. Y yeah. But it's it's also something that. Was in it, the text yeah, already. It, it right? tracks. It tracks. It tracks. You know. It, yeah. It doesn't seem like it's a completely unrelated aside. It, yeah. It feels like she's like, all right, I guess my point wasn't being made enough. Yeah. So she's doubling down. And, and it really is like again, just those conservative feminist talking points to a T, and she articulates them in a way that seems just very appropriate it, for who she is. You know. It almost feels. You can almost see her husband. Uh, holding her hands and like moving her like a 
Metaphorically, yeah. of course. I I picture him more more just like dictating it. She, she's just like, does that look right to you? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I I feel like the way that she talked earlier about I used to be like this until I saw the way. I I don't think it's unfair or like projecting at all to say like this lady is doing what her husband is telling her to do and yeah. trying to convince herself that it's some like active agency through yeah. the framework of liberation that she had before yeah i i can but she also though, like said kkk shit so i'm really conflicted here yeah I, I to be honest i can actually see this as her choosing to say this because like on her own because she's again she, this is how she derives power from her identity in this mm. restrictive setting and so i can see her writing something like this you know, while having a husband who doesn't believe this, but she does, she has to in order to um, reduce the the kind of cognitive dissonance that she might feel. Because say, say what you will about this person, she is something of a go-getter. Mm-hmm. Like, she took she it on gr- herself. She is a girl boss. She took it on herself to do this, you yeah. know, whereas like a lot of housewives who have this kind of pride in their identity, they'd be like, no, it's only about the kids, it's about nothing else. Where yeah. she is she is taking this active step to do something that's important to her, even though it's like not great, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think more of what I'm trying to say is that you're just you're describing it as her trying to find agency in this very restrictive setting i'm trying to say that i i feel like there's evidence within this text where she is saying that she had been convinced otherwise by external factors that that is the case yeah both could be true yeah i i do yeah it's uh, we we don't know who this person is you know yeah we, we only have what is being said but but i feel like it's important for for me to to say that because i i never want to put words in people's mouths yeah I do also want to say, like, this... It could also be a disingenuous thing to say from from somebody just trying to get their propaganda yeah. across, but... I, one so it's thing really hard I, to take anyone at face value. Sorry. I, I think I, I do want to say is, like, this is the reason why I love bad, weird internet literature in general. Yeah. Because it tells you so much about the author. This is what I love about My Immortal is, like... It's bad writing, but it gives you, it's just such a clear window into the head of this girl during 2006 to 2007. And you just, there's a story about the author in there that you get to see if you Mm -hmm. read behind the text. Uh, And so that's what I, that's what I like about weird shit like this. (laughs) Yeah. Right now we're seeing the end result of the bleeding of public and private life. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and this was the transitional period where it was really fucking funny to talk about. <laughs> yep. All right. Where, just, where, we? where the veneer of this is just a work of art to be uh, observed really disappeared forever. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like the internet and the way that fan fiction kind of like made people crazy and uh-huh. unable to not talk about themselves a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of revolutionary. Yeah, I think um, social media in general kind of had that effect. Yeah. I do want to jump back into this cuz we're almost at the yeah, end sorry. here. So Draco says some shit about women being stupid. The narration goes on about, you know, her whole view of that and Harry says, "That is a mean thing to say." Harry screamed bravely, and he banged his fists on the table so hard that the plates bounced. Mr. Snape looked over in their direction, and he saw the commotion that was going on at that moment. 
He was dressed very dapperly today, in a freshly pressed dress shirt and practical pants that complemented his long, muscular legs perfectly. Above the top button of his shirt, a hint of the thick carpet underneath was visible. He carried with him a big, heavy King James version of the Bible as he sauntered across the cafeteria. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's so sexy. He's a very <laughs> what exactly is going on here? He questioned, folding his arms over his chest. Nothing, Draco muttered in the embarrassed voice of someone who knows he has done wrong, but Harry boldly and honestly retorted, Draco was being a bully to the ladies. With a gasp, Greg covered his mouth and his delicate, long-fingered hands. <laughs> so if you didn't catch that, she accidentally wrote Mr. Snape as a person named Greg. We'll get to know who Greg is. Oh, boy. <laughs> Detention, Draco. We as Christians must be respectful of women and treat them with the gentleness they deserve as our mothers and sisters and daughters. Mr. Snape grabbed Draco's wrist and led him out of the cafeteria. Harry smiled holily at the sanctimonious fool. Draco shook his fist. I'll get you for this, Potter. Tonight, after dinner, in the courtyard, we will have a pray-off. Author's note, blessings. Oh boy, there is too much to unpack. Yeah, so we've done three chapters so far. There are three chapters remaining. I'm going to save those for the next episode. Let's do a little bit of talking here. Yeah, let's do a little (laughs) bit of talking. So what are you thinking so far? I feel more conflicted than I did initially going in. Because on the one hand, the hateful rhetoric is being amped up to uh, a noticeable degree yeah but at the same time i feel like the cracks in the sadness armor are starting to show as well Uh uh-huh yeah yeah Uh, yeah we're seeing more of this person and who she is yeah and it's very sad to Mm -hmm. me how how oftentimes creative projects like this start because somebody has a blatant like kind of hateful message that they want and they Mm -hmm. learn the creative stuff along the way you know and any any other field of uh not any other field and any other subject matter i would really respect the shit out of somebody who had that vision but yeah these are it sucks yeah fucking sucks (laughs) yeah and it's i mean it's funny it's great (laughs) but it's also like you know i just i want to see do you have any predictions about who greg is my gut says that it's not her husband. <laughs> Just having, uh, being someone who knows who Greg is and also who knows how this ends, it is far more genius. It's far more funny than you could ever imagine. Okay. I'm imagine. Okay. <laughs> then because she also described him as having long fingers or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Greg is another character that has yet to be introduced who is some skeevy little cuck who lets Voldemort walk all over him and is an enabler of the end of days. Interesting. That is my that is my prediction for who Greg is. Interesting prediction. Well, we'll see what happens with Greg as okay, we move on. Okay, at the very least, I'm waiting for that character to show up. <laughs> Me too, because it's glorious. Um, yes! I'm also waiting for uh, uh, Voldemort to show up because when he shows up, 
that's when we really see this woman's true colors. And it's that, kind of fucking when? wild. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm like, I feel like this, the, my image of this lady is fully formed in my head to the best <laughs> yeah. that it can be to this yeah. point. Yeah, I want to bring us back to the fact that, like, it's never actually been confirmed. Like, the identity of this person has never really been confirmed. And there's, it's kind of the same with the author of My Immortal, where there's a lot of discussion about whether or not it's a troll, who's behind it, that sort of thing. Um, but the, the those theories are quite different, and you'll see why once we reach the end. I think we've done just about all the discussion, you know, that I really had, all the, you know... We, we kind of did it along the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so... It's kind of hard not to with something like this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to our listener... If that is annoying, but... Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, but, like, we, we do have to talk about these things as they come up. I am posting early episodes of this on my Patreon, Dev Solovey. The link will be in the description um, if you want to subscribe and get episodes earlier, you know, before they come out. Our music was composed by Aria. You can find her on Twitter at 2Glitch. Thank you so much for the fantastic music. Uh, do you have any housekeeping, any closing thoughts, anything like that? I think my closing thoughts are going to be the same for every episode moving forward. Uh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. And don't forget, don't read where you shit. Excellent. <laughs>